Hello and welcome to Ethical Seduction, your sex and relationship podcast. We explore topics and skills designed to help you get what you want, both in and out of the bedroom. On today's show, we will be discussing jealousy and ways that you can either help yourself or your partner ease some of the feelings that come along with it. Ava's going to lead this discussion and she's going to give us some tips for understanding the feelings, what they mean, and how to manage them. So I'm your host, Stephen. Today we have Ava. Hey, peeps. And Brandy. Hey. And uh, Kimberly is out. Her She has family that are in and so she is spending some family time. So she'll hmm. be back, should be back next week. Um, how is everybody? Brandy, have you done anything interesting? I have. I went to Egypt and it was an amazing trip. Um, it was one me and three gal friends went on and we had it planned in the height of COVID and had to keep postponing and keep postponing. And then this time worked well for all of us, especially me, because I'm getting ready to go back to school. So I had to get this trip out of the way. And yeah, it was great and amazing and exhausting. And yeah, I mean, I wore like 100 SPF sunscreen and still got burnt. It was crazy hot. What were, what were, yeah, what were the temperatures like? 110 and then it got down to like 80 at night. Yeah. Okay. Eight? I would have actually, I thought deserts often got colder than that at night. We thought so too, but we were, we went in the early part of the summer. And yeah. so no, no more of that. Mm-mm. Okay. But like right. it can get as hot as 150, they say in July. And I'm like, no, Jeez. no, oh, no man. thank you. That None of that crazy. for me. But yeah. So where, where did you go? Like which cities? We went everywhere. We ended up, we started in Cairo and then drove all the way down to the tip of Egypt, which was um, Aswan, A-S-W-A-N, that city. Mm-hmm. And then we just worked our back, our way back up to Cairo over like eight or nine days. We stopped okay, at numerous cool. cities along the way. So we went with tour guide. So everything was safe. And we had a security officer with us, especially at the end of the trip, because uh, um, the border with Israel and all that unrest was a little bit nerve wracking. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was great. It was just really exhausting because <laughs> we were on the move a lot. But yeah, yeah. I'm happy to be back. Well, that's a, that's a fantastic trip. Yeah, it was definitely like a, once in a lifetime, loved it. Can't recommend it enough if you're ever interested in that. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, I know some people who have gone over there, and actually, the people I'm thinking of have gone multiple times because, <gasps> like, they they just liked it that much. So it sounds oh, like good a really for cool. them. No, yeah. no, no. I came back into the states, and I was really thankful for toilet paper <laughs> and being able to drink tap water, and then being able to have a reliable hot shower. Mm. <laughs> Those were very important to me, apparently. So the tap water, you just had to have what, like bottled water? We had bottled water. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, I have this picture of one of the hotel rooms I was in. My trash can was full of five empty waters. And then I had five large bottled water sitting on top of the, like you just carried them everywhere and had them on you because you couldn't, you couldn't drink enough. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. yeah, So you never had trouble. You sent me a text earlier. You never had trouble getting water. It was just that you were constantly drinking water. Yeah. I mean, they, of course, charged a nice amount for it, right? Because you need Mm. it and they have it and you need it. And so that's what you do. But yeah, we never had trouble getting bottled water. Um, But yeah, so that was fortunate. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Well, well, welcome back. That's a cool thing. Anything sexy happen over there? 
um, I got mistaken for a movie star like five times. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, nope. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yes. I, and I was like at the counter buying a bag of chips. I'm like, I, I'm literally, I'm not a movie star. I'm just a hungry girl that wants these chips. Is this like that's locals? what I said to them. Well, locals. Yeah. Okay. And so um, I was maybe like, that's the pickup line. Hey, Maybe are you a movie star. Yeah, they were like, See, I'm gonna have to use that now. They're like <laughs> cinema, and I'm like, yes, I like cinema. And they're like, you, and I'm like, oh no, you've misunderstood me. You know, <laughs> it's not. Um, but anyway, so that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It was fun. Ava, do you have anything or just no, regular? No, especially nothing that compares to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Well, we have, uh, the kids and I have it going out and stuff like that and doing like regular things. Cause we all have our shots and stuff like that now. So that mm-hmm. is like their school was wrapping up. This is like the last, I guess my son is out and my daughter is, is thinks she's finished with all her classes. She's got to check in for like zoom meetings and things. But so it's like, we have, I don't know. It's kind of interesting. It feels like we've made it for us as a family. It's like made it to the end of this thing and we're getting to go do regular things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do so want to give um, a shout out to the airline company or like all of the airline um, because the I was really impressed with their COVID um, rules and how they did contact tracing and required a negative test at every stop. And like the, they literally put safety first. And I was like, that was really appreciated. So mm-hmm. it made me feel super safe to travel, which I was kind of afraid I wouldn't be. But I did. Yeah. Felt very good. comfortable with it. Yeah. Good. Anyway. That's very good. All right, um, let's talk about a really fun topic, jealousy. Okay. Everybody loves this one. This is actually one of those things, like, I think it's 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 important. And it's like, it's, you know, for us doing podcasting and like trying to give people skills and things like that that they can use, I feel like this is one that is going to be packed with stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and tips and things. So I think that's going to be good. But um, Ava, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. Where do you want to start? All right, let's rock and roll. Um, I I actually want to start with Wiki's definition of what jealousy is. And I realize Wiki is not like the end all be all, but I thought it was a good launch point. Uh, Wiki says that jealousy generally refers to the thoughts or feelings of insecurity, fear, and concern over a relative lack of possessions or safety. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because like based on that definition, if somebody read me that description, I wouldn't think at all about relationships, like romantic relationships. I hear the word safety and I think, oh, like physical safety or possessions. I think of like, you know, my, my laptop or my car or my home. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I don't relate that description very much back to relationships, which is I feel like what most people think of when they think of the word jealousy. Um, so, I mean, I don't think that it is inaccurate. I think that it was just very, very well worded in a surprising way. Um, before I go any further, I just wanted to get y'all's thoughts on like, what, what comes to mind when you hear the word jealousy? Like, what does it mean? Brandy, what does that mean for you? Um, I think when I hear the word jealousy, it, it, it identifies honestly for me an opportunity to try to convert that into compersion. And so I, I'm, I more or less <laughs> see it as a learning opportunity for me. What are you laughing at? You hear like, like take the positive spin, you know, it's well, nothing I mean, about like, oh, jealousy is it's pain, not fun to you know, sit you're just jealousy. like, oh, jealousy is, jealousy is an opportunity to make life better. And yeah. really try to expand my views and kind of, you know, dig in a little bit deeper and see why I'm feeling it. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't see it as a negative necessarily. Sure. Sure. That makes sense. Steven, what about you? Well, uh, it kind of what 
Brandy just said, like, I don't think any of the the emotions and things that we have, I don't think any of them are negative. So it, now, again, I don't know exactly what I'm talking about, right? But it's like, I think they're all kind of set up there to kind of help guide you to be able to get things that you want and need. So for me, just generally speaking, like a lot of emotions, it's like, I try to stop myself, you know, you feel what you're feeling, you know, and pay attention. But a lot of times I'll try to be like, you know, what is the message that these emotions are trying mm-hmm. to tell me? Mm-hmm. So, so with jealousy, I guess, um, it, it's, I guess my first thought that comes to mind is like, you know, you're seeing somebody else and they have either something that you want, or I do think of it a lot, like with relationships where it's like, you're, uh, I really like gave his definition with the word safety. Now, after reading that, I can't take that out. I had not thought about this before, but that makes a lot of sense. Like that's what this is Mm -hmm. about safety. Mm -hmm. You know, that you, are you going to lose stuff that you have? Are you going to lose people that you have? Are you going to be abandoned? Is somebody else going to be picked and chosen because they're better than you? And so it's all that kind of stuff, but all that is safety. And that kind of goes hand in hand, I guess. I think like, I know it's, it's not super sexy to talk about trust. Like we did the podcast with the trust episode and it is one of the like least listened to. (laughs) And I would have to say it's probably one of the most important ones Mm -hmm. because like, if you don't have the trust, you don't have anything, you know, there's not, you're not going to be attractive. You know, you're not going to have any stuff. Right. So this to me feels kind of very similar to it. It's like, well, that's, you know, developing trust. And then here you have safety. So they kind of feel like they go hand in hand in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Addressing, addressing like the emotional safety piece of things. Um, I had, I had a few thoughts that I wanted to share about jealousy and really anytime that the topic of jealousy comes up, I like to compare it to envy because I think the two are very, very similar things. And sometimes one can be mistaken for the other. And the way that I look at envy is it's the whole concept of like, if you have something that I want and I, I want us both to have it, like, like if my sister goes and gets a haircut that like looks really, really cute. Like I want to go and get that haircut so we can both look really, really cute. Right. (laughs) As compared to say jealousy being like, I wish I could swap hairstyles with my sister so that I could have better hair than her. Right. Like the concept Um, of like, I want this and I want you to not have it or I at least want to have mm-hmm. more of it than you have that kind of a thing mm-hmm. um and I say that not Wait, to say that yeah as, as if I can so envy you're saying is I want both of us to have it where jealousy is like I want to have it and you not to not have it yeah it's more more of a competitive uh, mindset I had, I had never thought of that really mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I feel like either. um envy is really just a reflection of our desires and and jealousy can be the same thing but it will also at the same time kind of exploit our insecurities mm. because at that point in the scenario that i gave it's like well why why do i want to have better hair than my sister right like where is that coming from that's the piece that that you really need to dig into and uncover of like why is it that it's so important for me to have better hair than my mm-hmm. sister does kind of a thing mm. um so you know i've had I've had situations where like partners in the past will go on a date with somebody new and they'll have a really, really great time. And it feels, you know, they, they come home and they're like super jazzed and super excited and all the things. I'm like, oh, that's really, really nice. It's not that I don't want my partner to be happy, you know, but sometimes that insecurity of like, I want you to be happy with me. I don't want you to not want me or not want happiness with me. Right. So that's kind of where, when that insecurity pops up, that jealousy kind of like pops into the conversation of like, oh, I don't feel good about the fact that you had a good time with somebody else tonight because that makes me feel threatened or insecure in some way. I'm fearful of what that might mean for me 
because, and linking back to what Steven said earlier, there was a lack of trust in that situation for the stability of that relationship. So all of that to say, those are, those are just kind of my initial thoughts about like what jealousy is and how it's different from envy. And sometimes you might mistake one for the other, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's just that, yeah, I want you to be happy and I want you to be happy with me, right? You could be happy with mm -hmm. somebody else, but I also want you to be happy with me. Um, mm -hmm. So there's that. Uh, next question for the group, is jealousy healthy? Can it be a good thing? <laughs> yes. It's not, I feel like it's not always like fun. Like, I mean, I've had it pop up here and there. Right. And so it's like, you're fine one minute. And all of a sudden you realize like, fuck, like I'm feeling jealous, you know, and it's, it's, I've not had it for a while, but I can remember the one time I can remember is like, you know, I'm, you're laying in bed. I was laying in bed. Right. And so Kimberly's next to me, whatever. And, and all of a sudden I realized like, stuff is bugging me like i'm just like going through thoughts in my head right and then all of a sudden like i'm like oh this is jealousy and then i'm going like i'm not thinking straight you know like i'm aware that i'm not thinking straight and that sucks but you can't stop it you know i could not like just go turn my brain off like which is what i would like to and on this particular day it was like I, you know she, Kimberly's next to me, she's sleeping, whatever, right? And it's like, we have to wake up the next day and go right into work. So I was like, that's not, a, I can't talk. I'm not going to go wake her up right now. That's not a good thing to do. Can't really talk in the morning because we're going to have to both go to work. So I'm going to have to wait till the end of the day before we actually have time to, to talk about this. But what happened um, was in the morning, a friend had texted me and said, hey, how are you? You know, and I'm like, well... I'm feeling jealous. And then they were like, what? Like you, you know, and I'm like, yes, me, you know, and, <laughs> and, and talking to them really kind of helped. Like they were able to have a different perspective about things and that, so I'm going to say like about 11 o'clock noon, something like that. It just stopped, you know, because they were able to kind of help give me a different perspective. And that made all the difference. It was really kind of amazing. So by the evening, when I actually got to sit down and start to talk to Kimberly, it was like, okay, well, guess what, what happened? guess what interesting thing happened to me today, no. you know, that you have no idea about it, you know, and mm -hmm. then, yeah. But so it's interesting that you do not get to control a lot of it. You know, you have to feel it. Mm -hmm. You can't, you cannot just like turn it off. So it's like, is it healthy? I think we just all, I'm sorry, I like totally dodged your question, I guess, but I feel like <laughs> that we all go through it and it's like, what is it telling you? You know? And so for mm -hmm. me, I think some of that is like, there was some fear there and this was earlier in our relationship too. Right. So I didn't know Kimberly all that well. And so that just kind of alerts you to like two, two things that, you know, okay, yeah, I am, I don't know, worried about losing you or, you know, what if I'm not uh, exciting enough or I don't know. It, it, this was really over. Like, do I know how to like kind of take care of you and do things that you like, you know, and, and maybe somebody else does them better fear. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yes. And so some of that too is like, I just was like, I have to get over that. You know, this is not a good way of thinking, you know, you're, you're not good to compare yourself to other people and all that kind of stuff. And to me, that was like the message It's like, you know, you've got this kind of fear going on and, and that's fine, but ultimately stop, don't try to compare yourself to, to other people because that's what is going to cause all this, all this uh, stress. I think you make a really, really good point, Stephen, of like, it's super important to, to feel your feels. It's super important to experience what you're feeling and to acknowledge it and not to try to block it out. Right. Um, you know, the, the real challenge is like, what do you, what do you do with that? Right. Like, how do you handle it? 
I love the story that you gave too, because I gave an example of something that I didn't really think very much of. Like you had a chance to like talk it over with a, a person that's, you know, on some level in your support circle and, and they were able to offer you that like different perspective. That's not, I have notes for tonight's episode and my notes do not include like get up, get, get perspective from somebody. Like if you're having trouble thinking straight about it or thinking about it objectively, like get another opinion from someone that's, you know, outside of the situation. I think that's really good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot of it was me not understanding certain things. Yeah. And so this other person coming in with their other perspective, um, that, that, that made all the difference. Yeah. You know, and, and I, I would not advise like what I am not saying, dear listeners, please do not mishear me. What I am not saying is go and post all of your problems on Facebook and expect your entire Facebook friend list to, to comment and to leave all of the advice and give you all the answers, because I, I think that's probably not the best solution. But no. picking, but picking a person that you think will be able to provide you with good perspective and just having a conversation with them if they're available, I think that's a good option to explore. Let me throw something in. You're probably going to talk about this at some point, Ava. But it, too, uh, jealousy to me is like if I'm feeling it, it's about me. It's not that Kimberly went out and did anything wrong and is causing me this pain. And so that's one of the things to try to, I think, really remember. And I think as we are kind of grow up and we're younger, I think very often we're sort of taught like, oh, this person did this to you, mm. you know, that kind of attitude. And then I think as you get older, hopefully we learn like, no, that's not right. That's not what it what it really is. But, uh, it, but yeah, that's where I think like, yeah, I'm going to go on Facebook and write all my stuff out. So my friends support me and tell, you know, Kimberly, how bad she is for doing whatever, you know, like <laughs> not, to, not to, that would ever happen. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I think what's really important about that is to remember that, you know, the person that you're in a relationship with, they, that we are assuming that, you know, there may be some cases of, of jealousy that come up. This is not a you versus them situation, right? Like you're on the same team. There's no need to pit your partner against you and to prove yourself right and them wrong, right? Like for for sustainability and longevity in a relationship, mm -hmm. y'all need to be on the same team, right? So very much yeah. going about it in a way that is not uh, you did this, but looking at it of like, okay, what is what is my opportunity that word has been used a lot so far, just in the what, however many minutes we since we started. What is my opportunity here? Um, but also, like in addition to that, there's this opportunity for your partner also to support you in that feeling that you're experiencing when jealousy comes up, when an insecurity or a fear is triggered. Yes, that work does fall on you as a person that is that is having those feelings, but also. Um, in the story that you shared, Stephen, where you got to talk with Kimberly about it later, that was her opportunity to kind of support you with that mm -hmm. experience and connect with you emotionally so that you can both feel like you're on the same page and on the same team. So I think yeah. that's really important too. And it does build trust. You know, this is like when you feel it, okay, it's just like if something bad happens, some event happens, often that's not like what matters is how you or both people handle it afterwards. So this is the same thing, right? You get triggered with the jealousy, then you take Brandy's kind of thing. I'm like, oh, it's an opportunity. <laughs> and, and if you handle it well, you know, you sit down and you talk with your partner, then it really can be a bonding thing because here's a moment where, you know, in my case, I'll use myself as an example, like I was scared and being vulnerable basically with it, you know, and then, um, you know, I'm going to say that Kim really takes good care of me. That helps that bonding and helps with that trust, you know, so that that is Brandy's opportunity knocking. Uh, my next question, Stephen, I feel like you kind of already answered this question. What do you do with jealousy and, and how do you 
deal with it. And you kind of already walked us through that with your scenario with Kimberly, right? Of, you know, wanting to talk about it, not having time to talk about it, talking to a friend about it and getting new perspective and being able to kind of like manage how you felt about it and what your thought process was. And then circling back and talking with Kimberly about it and sharing that experience with her. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you or Stephen or Brandy, like, do either of you have other um, suggestions or pro tips about what you've done in the past that has worked well when jealousy has popped up? Let me start with one other thing and and, and let Brandy. Uh, I will say that before I was able to talk to that person, I was just stuck and knew like, okay, there's nothing I can really do. My brain is going, it's going to run, it's going to do this all damn day fuck, you know, like I'm just stuck. And so I couldn't turn it off. And so in some respects, there's not much in that moment that I could do, you know, until I was able to talk to somebody, you know, or, you know, wait. And I thought originally I have to wait till the evening. So I think that's important to know or to, for listeners to kind of just be aware of too. Sometimes there's not much you can do. You just have Mm -hmm. to like wait, you know, to get through it and wait until your brain like comes back and you can like start the to think straight. Cause I do think for most of us, like eventually we'll calm down, you know, eventually you'll get some perspective, but that moment when it's kind of in there and you're not thinking straight, it's like, you just, it, you know, it sucks. And, and you just have to, I don't know, for me, maybe this isn't the healthiest thing, but it was like, I just was like, okay, I'm just going to have to hold it inside, you know, mm-hmm. until the opportunity, until the opportunity comes around, you know, and, and be aware, like not to dump stuff on people or things like that. So. Brandy, what were you going to say? What were your like tips and things? Well, so actually I don't really shocker have many tips because, um, I do not experience jealousy often at all. Um, to the point that it's actually been a problem in relationships or like, you're not jealous of this. or like, That means that like, you're not caring or feeling. And, and when I do get jealous, it's not over like my other partners having sex or anything like that. It's more like if, um, let's see, my most recent one was my partner in Knoxville. It was like at the end of a day and him and a friend that like they just decided on a whim that they were going to like do porch beers. This was during COVID. And I was like, you know, him and I, we don't see each other during the week. And and I was just envious of, I was like, that would be so nice to like come home and like be able to be in a city where he lives in and call him up and be like, let's have some porch beers at the end of a work day, you know? So it's really abstract things like that, that really get me more so than some of the more intensely driven jealousy topics, I guess. And really, I just, honestly, I just kind of turn it around. And instead of dwelling in that I'm I'm like I just try to turn around and say well I look forward to seeing him then and do this and I'm not sure I don't really allow myself to get stuck in the jealousy feeling um yeah so I honestly this topic um I mean I think it's super interesting but I can't relate a total ton um and I don't know if that's more of a reflection on me or not but that's something that I admire so much about you Bernie because you have this magical, like straight up magical ability to put a positive spin on everything and see the positive in everything. And I don't know how you do it. I feel like such a pessimist compared to you. (laughs) No, it's just, I know myself enough that like I can get really sucked down in that woe always me feeling. And so I've learned enough along the way that I I can't let myself do that or I will just spiral. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I know to kind of cut it off early, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. 
Brandy will forevermore be the most prepared of anyone, <laughs> anyone on this podcast. I swear <laughs> I would put money down on it. <laughs> oh, thanks. Hey, so when you were, had your the porch beers thing, there yeah. was not really a fix for that because you live in a different town. So there's right. that's one of those things. You can just notice it and be like, oh, this is how I feel. I right. wish I could do that too. Reality yeah. is I can't. Yeah, it was like it was almost like I was a little envious of the spontaneity of it. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, when I see them, it's always planned and scheduled weeks in advance. And I was like, oh, that would be nice some nights. Now, you know, five out of out of six nights, I'd be like, no, we're not doing spontaneous beers. I like a schedule. But, you know, just that one evening, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, that would be kind of fun. It's yeah. nice to have those options. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. But. Um. My thoughts around like how, what do you do with jealousy and like, how do you deal with it? For me, it's a lot about really, really mostly things that Steven's already brought up. It's about like self-awareness and introspection, like that reflection of like thinking it through. Why am I feeling this? What's coming up? Um, You know, what is the insecurity or the fear that kind of prompted the jealousy to pop up, right? Um, Like figure out what the root cause is and then communicate with your partner about it. Like bring them along for the ride, not to hold them responsible for fixing your insecurity, right? Like not for that reason, but just to share that part of your journey with them and to give them an opportunity to provide you with support and working through those things. So mm-hmm. those are my two general um, pointers, I guess, is that like self-awareness, like do the work, look in, like figure out where it's coming from and then talk about it, talk it through, like figure out like, what is my plan? You know, let my partner come along for the ride and be connected with me so that, again, we can feel like we're all on the same team rather than opposing each other or butting heads. Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me ask you this. I, I don't want to spend too much time on this question, but I am kind of curious. Your your relationship with jealousy today, Brandy, is that always how it's been for you? Like 10, 15 years ago, did you have a different yeah. relationship with jealousy? What did that look like? No, I've never, I mean, I've never been, yeah, the jealousy, I've never experienced that. I'm, pro- there, I'm probably something, that's probably something wrong with me. That probably answers a lot of questions. <laughs> I don't think um, there's anything wrong with you. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, to the point that it's actually been an issue in past relationships where like, I wasn't jealous and they're like, why does this not bother you? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I'm able to just and so I think that's also why um, compersion comes so easily to me. I've noticed that that happens much easier for me than other people. For anyone that doesn't isn't familiar with the term compersion, do you mind kind of giving a, a definition for that? Yeah, the way I look at it is if my partner does something that they enjoy that, um, you know, doesn't involve me and they come back home and they are just genuinely like so excited and happy and on cloud nine, I feel that happiness with them. Um, I don't feel insecure that they had such a good time and I had nothing to do with it. I just am so happy that they're happy and that they've had that experience. And I've been like that for a long time. Um, and I, I, even before I knew the term for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking that has something to do with why I don't feel a lot of jealousy. Mm. Sure. Yeah. You know, I'm wondering about this with myself. Is I wonder how much like as you practice this kind of stuff more mm-hmm. and more in your life, I'm wondering if you uh, it, it kind of change, you know, so that you're more able to look for the compersion and, and help feel that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And the jealousy stuff. Um, I don't know, can, can fade away a little bit, you know, as you have a better understanding of, of relationships and things. Mm -hmm. So, 
you know, my first marriage. Okay. So we're, you know, monogamous and things like that. And during that time period is where I started to learn about poly. And I think in that time period, then start to kind of get into like jealousy and how it works and things. Okay. So, um, I think my feeling was, I'm almost like learned about poly through like book training. You know, I didn't know a whole bunch of people at the time that, you know, did it or whatever. So I came out thinking like, oh yeah, okay. So if I do this, if we go to like open relationships and things, like I'm going to have some jealousy and I'm going to have to deal with that jealousy. And, and then the reality was like, it didn't happen like that. You know, I didn't get hit over the head with stuff and I, it was not that hard to, to, um, to really deal with, you know? So I think that sometimes there's like that fear, like, Oh, if, if this person, you know, your spouse goes out with somebody else, you're going to feel jealous. And that's not always the case. You know, sometimes it's, you'll be surprised and it'll go a lot easier than you, than you thought. And sometimes you'll be surprised that you're happy about it. You know? Yeah. I think, um, before I went into having open relationships, I was, you know, when you research and you prepare, you're completely prepared for this jealous and you're like, is it going to hit now? Is it going to happen now? What about now? And like, I understand the prep and, and how much discussion surrounds it so that you're prepared, but it almost becomes a, becomes a, when is it going to happen? Not a what if. And mm -hmm. so then it's all, you're almost hypersensitive to it mm -hmm. until you kind of learn yourself more. You know, you bring up a good point, Brandy, about this assumption that jealousy is going to happen. And I think that you can apply that assumption to a lot of different factors in relationships. Um, not, not everybody experiences a lot of jealousy or stumbles across it very often. And some people experience it a lot, like every time, mm -hmm. right? And that's okay. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a spectrum and there are tools to deal with it, whether you have a lot of it or very little of it. Same goes for things like compersion. Brandy, you've, you've mentioned now that like you, you experience a lot of compersion you're, you're kind of, uh, in a, in a predisposition for that. Some mm -hmm. people never experience conversion for their romantic relationships. For some people, it's, it's not something that comes very easily. And for some people it doesn't happen at all. And that's okay too, right? Like that's not, it's not wrong to have an inability to feel compersion in your romantic relationships. It's probably more likely to pop up in other areas of your life, such as, um, let's see, the vanilla comparison that I hear all the time is the joy that you feel when you see your baby when you're, you're, you see your child playing with a toy that they absolutely love and seeing that delight on your face and that giving you this just uh, just growth of like happiness, like in your heart, right? Mm -hmm. Like that mm -hmm. feeling um, of seeing their delight, like that, that counts as compersion too, mm -hmm. right? Or, you know, maybe, maybe your best friend is in some kind of like competitive sport and they like win an award or a trophy or something and you're stoked for them, right? Like that's compersion too. Mm -hmm. um, so for some people, like conversion doesn't come very easily. For some, it, it does. But also conversion can look like a lot of different things. It doesn't apply just to romantic relationships either. The next thing that I wanted to kind of transition into was talking about like, what are some things that you can do if you're struggling with jealous feelings? And I think we've touched on that a bit already, especially Stephen, with your with the story that you told about you and Kimberly. Um, but one thing that I do kind of want to hone in on is you had said sometimes, sometimes you just get stuck, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. you know that you're not able to think very clearly and you just get stuck and all you can do is really wait until the right opportunity comes. Um, and I do, I do agree with that. I think that there are definitely situations where like sometimes you just get stuck and sometimes you just got to be patient with yourself and give yourself that grace. Um, but I think that there are some options of things that people can try in those situations to try to help things along. Not that these are like 
uh, foolproof solutions. Uh, but there are definitely like coping mechanisms that you can try in the moment to try to help yourself through that process. For me, I know when insecurities have, have cropped up for me in, in relationships in the past, I I tend to get a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. And I have this kind of emotionally like activated state where I know I'm not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. um, and based on what we know about how the brain works, that I mean, that is literally being in the the fight, flight, what is it? Fight, flight, freeze, and there's one other, but I forget what it's called. Uh, Fane, Fane, I don't, Fawn, Fawn, that's it. Fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Um, it, that is what when is you're- What is fawn? Fawn yeah. is when you, um, so the, the example that comes to mind, and this is a little extreme, but like if someone is hitting on you and you don't trust that it is safe for you to turn them down, if you think that they would react in a violent or aggressive way, maybe you go along with it and you make them think that you're into it because that's the safest solution for you in the moment mm. when you fawn. Okay. So it's like advanced lying. Yeah, it's saying whatever you need to say to keep yourself safe in that moment, even yeah. if it's not authentic. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so in any case, I mean that like that fight flight response, like that is literally like your body's way to keep you safe, right? So when I'm in this like emotionally activated, like super upset mindset of like, oh, my relationship is falling apart. I don't, I don't know that I have a future with this person. I feel really insecure. Like I don't, I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, like my heart, my heart starts racing right? And my, my blood pressure goes up and I might have clammy hands or, or I might be perspirating on my forehead. Like that is literally your body's reaction to this like sense of danger. And it may not be physical danger, right? We talked mm -hmm. about that at the beginning. It may be emotional danger. It may be a, re a reaction to the, the question of, you know, am I loved? Am I emotionally safe? Um, so in those instances where you have that sign of kind of like emotional activation and you're like, I know that I'm feeling these insecurities. I, I know that I'm experiencing jealousy. I am not able to do anything about it in this moment. Like you are definitely not thinking clearly about the situation. You need to take a step back and breathe and get yourself out of that activated fight or flight state, that anxious state, so that you can think through it more objectively and can figure mm -hmm. out like, what should I do? So all of that said, like my, my suggestion, like my two cents is like try some different strategies for like breathing or meditative or like physical activities that you can do to kind of take yourself physically out of that anxious or like fight or flight state. And so that could look like, um, that could look like going for a walk that could look like, you know, finding 15 minutes to, to do like a short exercise routine that could look like, um, doing some like stretching or like breathing activities. Like I have some like quick some quick like 10 minute yoga or stretching or meditation videos that I have handy for literally that that exact scenario where I'm like super activated and I just I know I need to calm down so I can think straight. Um, and I'll actually, Stephen, I've got the links here for you if you want to add those into the description in case anybody wants to try them. Mm. Um, yeah, you guys I see that and I'll do that. Perfect. Thank you. Are you guys familiar with what box breathing is? I, I'm not. I don't I'm know not. that. So I, I think that's what it's called. That's what I call it in my head. So maybe I'm not using the right mm -hmm. word, but it's the concept where you breathe in for four counts and then you hold your breath for four counts and then you breathe out for four counts and hold your breath for four counts and then repeat that over and over again in a cycle for a few minutes. Hmm. Uh, that's supposed to help like regulate your breathing and your heart rate and help calm you down. And if you do that for like three to five minutes, I've had a lot of luck with it. I really enjoy the concept of box breathing. There's other um, exercises like that that are helped to, supposed to help people calm down that I have not felt uh, were as successful for me. 
like um, the, the whole five senses concept where you like when you need to calm down, like, okay, pick five things that you can see and then pick four things that you can feel and then pick three things that you can hear, two things that you can smell and then one thing that you can taste, right? That one I don't have as much luck for, but I know that that works for a lot of people. So like try, my advice is try some exercises like that. Find one that works well for you, something to help you like calm down in the moment so that you're not in the middle of this uh, like emotional emergent mm-hmm. feeling, right? Take mm-hmm. yourself out of that space so that you can think a little bit more clearly about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Hey, Ava, the five senses ones, what is that doing? Is that like one trying to make you be like in the moment and not think about all the other stuff? So you're trying to like, just take a break basically to kind yeah, of, to these get are, refocused. these are essentially grounding activities meant to kind mm-hmm. of bring you back into your body, back into the present and out of this, um, like I said, like out of this, like anxious state. I do the five senses one, but, um, I actually have learned to simplify it down to just the, what can you hear? Cause mm. I noticed what was happening is I was like, okay, I was like, I almost made it like a project to do all this stuff. And I'm a very visual person. So it actually became more overwhelming, I guess, um, to try to remember everything I was seeing. So like mm. if I just be the one where I just close my eyes and listen, and then that is super soothing. So you don't even have to do all five senses. If one works best for you, go for that. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you have a meditative practice that works really well for you. I mean, there are some uh, meditation routines I have where like they walk you through certain phases where like first you're just kind of looking around and breathing and then you close your eyes and then you just listen and then you do a body scan. Like, how does my head feel? How do my Mm -hmm. shoulders feel? How does my torso feel? Right. Like um, but like one of those phases is just like just listening and breathing Mm -hmm. for a couple of minutes, like being aware of like, what do you hear around you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's an infinite number of ways to to try to ground yourself really i think is is what what i'm trying to get at to kind of bring yourself back into your body bring yourself out of that fight or flight or anxious state um to help you be able to think more objectively about what's going on to be able to think a little bit more clearly about what you're experiencing and why and to work through some of that self-reflection yeah you know i i'm just you're making me think like um again I've noticed for myself a lot of times when I realize like I need to slow myself down or my, my thinking or whatever. Okay. Or I'm just in a bad, not mood, but like a bad moment. Right. So that a lot of times what I would do for me is like, go for a walk. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be all that long. It could be even like 10 minutes, just like walk out, you know, turn around and, and come back. And for me, that is kind of, you know, breaking away from the situation, whatever it is, whatever's causing the stress or when, you know, and, and getting out there and just giving myself some time to kind of refocus. And so some of that too, I guess it's also like, I'm going to say anger management, um, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't feel like I have a lot of anger that I have to ever deal with, but when, as if there's like a sensitive discussion or something like that that comes up and I'm getting into that emotional phase that then taking that break to go walk, you know, 10 minutes and process some of like what I just heard and then kind of come back. But I think the same thing, like I, I really like the breathing part and even exercising, you know, somebody else might be like, you know, like I, the jealousy, uh, I'm going to go run. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see that being really beneficial of like, just to get your body kind of, you know, exhausted for a minute, you know, and then you kind of come back, hopefully refreshed. So. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would have the same suggestions about like when you're in the middle of conflict, right. With a person, whether you're in a relationship with them or if it's a, if it's not like a romantic relationship still, make sure that you are feeling safe and secure 
Because if you're in that fight or flight state, if you're in the super like competitive mindset where you're really anxious and worried about like what's going to be the outcome of this conversation, you probably aren't thinking clearly enough. And you may not even realize that um, Mm -hmm. to really be able to have like a productive, collaborative conversation to work through that conflict with the other person with, again, with both of you on the same side, on the same Mm -hmm. team, rather than being in opposition to each other. Right. I, uh, I, ha- I don't even remember what the argument was. I was in an argument with my partner last summer and I was so mad. I went on my, my walk that evening. And usually at that point in time, I was walking like two miles in the evening and I, I did my routine twice. I, I was out for like a really long time. I walked four miles and I felt so much, so much better afterward. And not everybody has time to walk four miles. I certainly don't have time for that every day, but but just taking that extra time to really like push some of that like tension and anxiety out so that I can come back feeling, feeling more whole and level headed mm-hmm. and just too tired to be wrapped up in that anxiety, mm-hmm. like too mm-hmm. tired to have my walls up for that so that I could come back to the table and actually have a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in any case, uh, other, other things that I wanted to mention as far as like what, what can you do if you're struggling, if you're challenging with experiencing jealousy? So we talked a lot about, uh, in summary, like taking a breather to ground yourself, right? Whether that's walking or meditating or stretching or what have you. Um, Another suggestion is to write it out. Um, And I say that because um, our brains actually process better when we are not just thinking our thoughts internally, but if you are able to interpret your thoughts externally as well, there's a whole like different part of your brain that normally isn't involved with the processing part, but it will be if you are hearing your thoughts out loud or writing them down on paper or typing them on a computer and then reading them. Like if you are able to like hear your thoughts externally, that's going to involve more of your brain and actually processing what you're going through. Um, another reason to write it out, what you're feeling and trying to kind of get to the root cause of what you're feeling, um, is that sometimes when you are in the heat of the moment in a conversation, sometimes people say things that they don't mean that are really hurtful that they can't take back. Right. Um, I, I will be the first to admit, like I have absolutely said things that I wish I had not said that I totally regret saying because in the heat of the moment, I was taking things a little bit to the extreme. If you're writing these things down first, that gives you a moment after you're done, like writing out all your feelings and all your thoughts and all this stuff, put it down on paper and then go back and read it and figure out like, what did I really mean? Like what, what parts of the writing that I just put on paper is going to be productive to actually bring to a conversation with my partner about this. And then what's the fluff. That's just the anger and the anxiety and the insecurity kind of screaming. That's not going to be productive, the conversation. And then you can omit those things and never bring them to the to, to the mm-hmm. table and avoid potentially hurting your partner by saying something that you didn't actually mean. Yeah, one of the things I really love about writing, and I, I do not think of myself as a writer, okay, but when I do write stuff, um, you know, if, if I'm if if I'm writing somebody or whatever, uh, and we're maybe discussing a topic, whatever it is, okay, the writing it out, one it gets it's letting me think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm able to go slower, you know, and be like, is that really right? And then like you're saying, Ava, you can go edit it, right? Mm-hmm. So when you write it out, you're kind of, your thoughts are not, maybe in the beginning, they start out a little bit jumbled, but you start to organize them. And that is what I think is like really kind of educational for yourself of like, then when you're going to go have your conversation with somebody or whatever like that, you're more aware of mm-hmm. of how the pieces all kind of fit together. And so it is not that like, jungle or that like verbal vomit that people do sometimes it's like no it's like we here's 
you know, here's what I want to say. And here, I've thought about this. So yeah, I would say writing is great. Um, I think it, for me personally, it helps if I have somebody I can write to, Yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and some of that too, is just to get feedback, you know, to, to kind of hear, hear their thoughts. But yeah, mm-hmm. I hear what you say about the verbal vomit like that. I have done that. I have had partners in my past to do that where we sit down to have a conversation or we're dealing with some kind of conflict and we just end up kind of talking in circles and talking and talking and talking. And because we're both trying to figure out what we need to say while we're saying it, right? So we're, we're just kind of like stumbling along, trying to figure out the root cause and also say, hey, I need, I need your help with this. Like, this isn't okay when we haven't really figured out like what we're trying to say yet. And then you end up word vomiting and it's, it mm-hmm. takes up so much time. And by the end of the conversation, I'm like, what are we even talking about? We've been talking for 45 minutes and we've jumped around so much. I'm not even sure what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's so hard because I think in some ways, like in some ways that's important. Some people communicate better that way. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. But for me, especially in today's world with so much texting and emailing and messaging, I just, I need that time to organize my thoughts and make sure I know, I know what the point is of what I'm trying to say. You know, uh, going back through my divorce and the ther- my our my therapist was like, you know, Steve, you guys have to like stop talking. You know, she goes like, ninety five percent of people come in here and they don't actually communicate with their with their partner. And uh, you know, I'm saying you go, you guys need to talk more. But she's like, you guys need to talk less because the talking that you're doing is not necessarily productive. And I thought that was really interesting. So basically what she's saying is like, talk while it's productive, right? But once you get to that point where it, it's not, you know, and you're just like talking and just, or repeating the same thing over and over, then it's like, just stop. You don't have to keep doing that, you know, yeah. because you're not, you're not working through anything. And all you're doing is like, you know, either hurting the other person or getting emotions wound up and things. And so it was like, yeah, sometimes talk less, but it was all about having a little bit more purpose in, mm-hmm. in what you're, you know, how you're communicating. And that reminds me of a meme that I saw, I don't know, probably a month or two ago on social media that talked about how, you know, at some point in life, you figure out that communication isn't actually what you need. Comprehension is what you need. Mm-hmm. It's what you accomplish with that communication. That's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Any other thoughts before I move on to my next, my next Ava's piece of advice on dealing with jealousy? <laughs> No, you're doing great. Okay. Rocking and rolling. Um, I think this one is kind of a given, like it's already kind of like hinted at, but the next, the next pointer that I wanted to bring up was just self-reflection and introspection, which I know I mentioned before earlier, but whether you're going to write it out or not, like you need to take a little bit of time to think through like, what am I feeling and why am I feeling it? Right. Um, So in the example that I gave earlier about like, oh, my sister got a super cute haircut and it's better hair than I have. And I wish that we could swap hair so that mine was cuter than hers. Why is it so important for me to look better than my sister? Why is that? This isn't a real life example. I love my sister. She has great hair. I have great hair. It's awesome. But but if this were a real life example, like the question would be like, why is it so important for me to have better hair than her? Where is that coming from? And just doing that kind of root cause analysis of asking why over and over and over again until you really understand like, oh, the reason why I'm super jealous of my sister is because she was always the favorite growing up or, you know, whatever, whatever that root cause might look like. Um, And so again, whether you're writing it out, whether you're thinking about it, whether you're talking to a friend, um, just take that time to do that introspective work. If you don't understand where the jealousy is coming from, what is the insecurity underneath that? You're you're not going to get anywhere. It's going to keep coming up Mm -hmm. and arguably it may just get worse. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think that's a huge one. You know, that goes back, like I was saying in the very beginning, like just listening to what is the message mm -hmm. that your feelings are telling you. And that self-awareness. Yeah. I, oh, I have had partners in the past that just were not, um, how do I phrase this? We're not raised to be super self-aware of their emotions. I think especially for a lot of um, men in our culture, you're kind of taught like you're not supposed to have emotions. You're supposed to be the tough guy and be, you know, be the breadwinner and, you know, you know, boys don't cry and like all of that. So, you know, and, and this isn't men specifically, but I think a lot of people in our culture like are taught not to pay attention to their emotions. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's not part of the the equation of what a successful person looks like. And that's honestly like that's total bullshit. Right. Like we should be emotionally in tune and accepting of our own emotions. But so many of us aren't. And that can make it really, really difficult to deal with emotions like jealousy and anger, these secondary emotions where there's something underneath it that's causing those things. Mm -hmm. um, so just paying paying attention and trying to be self-aware and in tune with what you're feeling. Um, and acknowledge that, like, it's okay to experience jealousy. That's an opportunity for you to find a solution to an insecurity that you have, right? Like jealousy mm -hmm. is not a problem. You are not a problem if you're experiencing jealousy. Jealousy is the opportunity to find a solution to better know yourself. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay, let's move on to the next one. <laughs> um, so, okay, so that was self-reflection or, or introspection. And the next one that I want to bring up is after you've kind of done all of this work, I'm kind of listing these out in an order that makes sense for me, right? So thinking through like, how can I calm down, take myself out of that fight or flight state? I can write it out and really kind of think through and process my thoughts and my emotions and do that self-reflective work. And then my next suggestion would be communicate, like talk about it with your partner. Again, not to hold your partner accountable to fixing your problem because it is your problem, right? Um, but to bring them along for the ride and to, like we mentioned earlier, like give an opportunity for more more development of that trust, right? So let like let your partner know what's going on with you. Give them an opportunity to connect with you emotionally in that experience and to acknowledge, hey, this is something that a person that I love is struggling with and I want to show up for them. Um, Stephen and Brandy, how have you gone about like communicating feelings like these in the past? Like Steve, Stephen, I know you mentioned that you had a conversation with Kimberly before, but like what what did that look like? How did it go? Like was it smooth sailing or was it weird? <laughs> I think that particular one was more of me like it was almost like telling a story at a certain point. Like, hey, guess what happened to me? Like I went through all this this roller coaster of things and now I think I understand, you know, you better and myself better. And what do you think about that? You know, mm -hmm. and it, so it ended up being kind of a, a short, easy conversation at the end. Um, so, so, but I don't feel like that's a good example. You know, I think, I mean, in general, it's like we like just in general, we talk about stuff, you know, and so how do you maybe start the conversation? Um, probably talking about <laughs> talking about your feelings, you know, mm -hmm. like if, wh what am I feeling? Or if it's maybe if Kimberly's having something where she's you know, unsure of, of whatever, you know, I'll, I'll try to like, um, like ask her, like, you know, what, what are you feeling or how, you know, what do you think about this or those kind of things? Because, you know, a lot of what we're talking about here is like, when you feel jealousy yourself, what can you do? But the other flip side is like, when your partner feels jealousy, mm -hmm. what, what can you do to help them? And so I think a lot of times just 
I'm going to answer that part. Like, I think just being there and mm -hmm. listening and you don't have to solve everything. You know, usually it's better if they solve it, but you can just be there and have the conversation mm -hmm. with, you know, and, and, you know, what is it that you need or what are you, you know, what, again, for me, I'm usually like, what is the message that's being told yeah. by, by mm -hmm. the emotions? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Not, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, you're fine, Brandy. Please go. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't really have a lot of uh, examples of like serious jealousy. So usually I'm like, if I, you know, when I tell a partner, if I think it's worthy enough to tell them, I'll be like, well, looks like you got under my skin, you know, like it's official. <laughs> I guess I like you a little bit because this happened or something like that. And then I, I have dealt a lot more with the partner feeling jealousy if, if there's something I'm doing with someone else or, and then that, um, you know, you just have to give them a lot of grace and understand that it's a process they're going through. And then I'd like Steven said, I just say, what do you need from me? Mm -hmm. um, and I see if I can meet those needs or not Yeah. without compromising myself too much. Yeah. Absolutely. And sometimes I, I'm going to add this too. like, um, you could get gaslighted maybe, you know, by the other person, like you've done this to me. We were talking mm -hmm. about that earlier, you know? So I think it's important if you're trying to support the other person, let's say they're feeling jealous and you're trying to support them to, have sort of your boundaries on like, you're not going to admit to stuff that you don't believe. Like, you know, if you don't think you did whatever, something wrong, you know, it's like, don't, don't admit to it, you know? And, and it's fine too, to have different perspectives on things and different opinions about them, you know? So it's like, if you talk about them, that's, that's, I think the important part, but you don't always have to agree on, on, you know, what exactly happened, you know, and you do not need and should not take blame um, or, you know, don't own it if you don't feel like, you know, if they're trying to say you did something wrong and you really don't think you did, I would say it's not good to, you know, to, to take, to take that, that doesn't fix anything. All that does is it sort of trains the other person that mm -hmm. they, you know, they can come back and put it on you mm -hmm. when they, when they need to. So, yeah, yeah, no boundaries like those are really crucial and that can be really that can be a really complicated thing to do in the moment, right? Where, oh, I see that my partner is is hurt about something and I didn't mean to hurt them, but clearly I did. That doesn't mean that it's automatically all your fault, right? Mm -hmm. Like if we're talking about jealousy, again, jealousy typically points to some kind of insecurity that has been triggered in the person experiencing jealousy. You can be there and hold space for your, mm -hmm. for your partner experiencing jealousy in that moment without the default being, oh, I'm in trouble, I messed up, because that is mm -hmm. that is not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. um, I would say for me, um, how I would broach the conversation if I need to talk to someone that I've, I've experienced jealousy for, um, I always try to focus on I statements, right? And I have learned very recently, like in the last, I don't know, six to nine months or so, to adopt five to one statements um, into these really hard conversations. And I've mentioned those in previous episodes, five to one statements being for every one hard statement or, or constructive piece that you need to bring to the conversation, bring five positive ones. So, you know, if the, if the example is that my partner went out on a date with someone new and they had a really good time and they come home and I'm looking forward to connecting with them and they're just spending all of their time texting with this person that they just got back on a date from, you know, the, the concept being, you know, I, I felt unimportant, unloved when you came home from your date and spent the rest of the evening texting with them, adding five to one statements in there means 
it looks more like, you know, you know, I love you very much. And I'm so happy that you're exploring something new with someone. Your happiness is really important to me. And that's, that's awesome. I'm so glad that went so well. At the same time, I, I also wanted to make sure you, you knew how I felt. I felt kind of unimportant when you, you know, came home from your date and then just texted with them the rest of the evening instead of wanting to connect with me. Right. So you kind of like build up this like positivity bank to kind of soften the blow of that like really hard thing that's hard for for me to say in this scenario and probably also hard for my partner to hear. Mm -hmm. So trying to make that a little just kind of lubricate the conversation a little bit, make it a little a little oh. less abrasive. Hashtag lubricate the conversation. I like <laughs> oh, I like it. <laughs> um, I would also call out that it's it's oh, I've, I've mentioned this before, but it's really important to remember this is not a you versus them kind of situation, right? You are both on the same, same team. So the way that you broach these conversations and framing it as a us versus, you know, the world, right? Like we are on the same team to make sure that you're not putting your partner on the defensive, right? It's not that they did something wrong. It's not that they fucked up. It's that, Hey, I'm feeling this thing. And, and I could use a little help with that. Like, can you, can you be there for me? Can you listen to me? Make sure we're on the same team because I want us as a team to succeed together. Right. Um, and then beyond that, like make it, make it a collaborative conversation. You know, you can, the, the example that I just gave with the five to one statements and the I statements and all of that, like follow it up with an ask, like, would you be open to talking about how we can reconnect next time you come home from a date? Like, can we make a plan for that? Because I, I would really like a little bit of reconnection so that I can feel that, that I'm still important to you, right. That I still matter to you. And, you know, maybe that's, you know, 15 minutes before bed, if phone's down and just reconnecting, maybe that's eating breakfast together in the next day, right? There's a lot of different ways that you can make that happen with your partner. Ask to have a collaborative conversation with them about what you're feeling. Um, there's not always going to be the opportunity for your partner to help you with whatever that insecurity is that you're feeling. Because again, at the end of the day, like this is your work for yourself. But having a conversation with them gives them the opportunity to connect with you and to support with you and to let them know like, hey, you're not alone. You are loved and I want us to be successful together. I want to be a part of this conversation and a part of this journey for you. Can I ask you a question, Ava? You're, you're making me think about this, okay? So I'm going to role play with you a little bit, okay? So I am your your partner who has been texting a lot. And you're mm -hmm. like, you know, Steve, can you just not, like you just got back, can you not be texting, okay? Part of me feels this like reaction of like, oh, like you're putting pressure on me now, right? And so now I'm like not supposed to like text in front of you, you know? And my my attitude, and this might, again, might not be a fully thought out, thought okay it is like you generally you, you uh, people I, I would tend not to go up and be like if, if my kids are texting or something like that and if i'm just in there and be like hey, stop texting like they're doing what they want to do right so if i'm coming along and doing that it's like it doesn't necessarily stop them from wanting to still text so uh coming back to like this thing as a partner if you told me that it's like i'm still going to want to text so now i have the stress of like uh, you're going to be pissed at me if, if you see me texting and things. Okay. So in this particular example, <laughs> I might come back and be like, well, I want to be texting, you know, like this is important to me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then, so how do you, in some ways like that can get into that sort of jealousy thing, right? You're seeing me text and, 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 you know, I'm not spending the quality time that you want. So now you've put pressure on me to, I need to, to, you know, give you uh -huh. the quality time. Okay. And I know for myself, like, I don't like that kind of pressure. 
Sure. Like, and I don't, and I don't, you're it, telling me I'm not doing this good enough. Steven. So role play with me. So what, I, I mean, <laughs> Steven, I, 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 I feel like I'm missing, I feel like I'm missing something a little bit, okay. right? There's some, or so, am I an asshole? Steven, <laughs> I would never want to put that kind of pressure on you. I want you to be able to go out and have, have that relationship and enjoy those feelings and enjoy that new relationship energy with somebody. I'm happy for you. At the same time, I feel a little bit left out. Like I was looking forward to reconnecting with you and I feel like I'm not, I'm not getting that. I'm not saying don't text that person. Is there, is there another way that we can carve out some time for us to reconnect? <laughs> Even if that's not in this moment. So look, that might be the right question to ask. Okay. And then I think the flip side is like, um, and, and the, there's probably the right answer is like the balance, right? Cause then mm -hmm. it's like, how much time do I want to give you? Right. So this is where I'm like, if I don't want to give you the time, then that's where it's my time right now to stand up and tell you, I don't want mm -hmm. to do this. Absolutely. Okay? Which, um, you know, that can change the relationship, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes mm -hmm. like that. And I think that's what we're always doing. You know, that's what, so I it probably is important for you to say the thing just realize like you might not like the other person's answer mm -hmm. and it might lead to some changes or something like that. You know? I, I think for me, what's important to call out here is not that in, in this example that I say, Stephen, I want you to put your damn phone down and talk to me. Like that's, that's not what happened, right? The ask was like, can we find a time for us to reconnect, whether that's now or in the moment or sorry, in mm -hmm. the morning. Um, or maybe it's like, Hey, next time you go on a date, let's plan for us to have a date night the next night. Or maybe it's next time you have a date, I'm going to plan a date with somebody else uh, the same night so that I'm not feeling empty at the end of the night because you went out and had this awesome experience and I didn't. Or maybe maybe I plan maybe I plan a self-care night, right? Maybe I take myself to the spa or maybe I give myself like a bubble bath or a, I would never give myself a bubble bath. That is not me. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I do like Netflix and PJs and order pizza and like do my own kind of like self-indulgent night so that like I feel fulfilled i have self full fulfilled myself that evening so mm -hmm. that i'm not depending on you if you're not available that evening right like, that's let's the right make answer a plan. yeah let's make a plan right to set answer. me up for success and maybe you can help with that plan steven right like maybe you can give me 15 minutes before bed maybe you can eat breakfast with me the next morning or do a date night with me the next night right like maybe that does involve you but it doesn't yeah. have to and there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. Because again, at the end of the day, we're talking about jealousy, triggering and insecurity mm -hmm. on, on you on, in this scenario on me. And mm -hmm. I need to figure out that work. Your partner has an opportunity to come along with you and support you on along the way that may or may not involve the, the solution to like in the future, what should we do next time this pops up? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I'm going to try to wrap this up a little bit with a, a, with a bow. Okay. So what is going on is like, you've, you know, you've got, you don't like me being on my phone. I'm like, Oh, well, you know, like I want to be on my phone. Um, you're, I think your approach is right. Okay. So like you are going to try to take care of things yourself as best you can. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you're not asking me to give more than what I want mm -hmm. because I, when we do, if we ask our partners to give stuff that they don't want to, th that's not good. You know, yeah. Like that, that just builds resentment. Yeah, right, right. Nothing, nothing good comes through. So then it really is that conversation of like, hey, we're working together. You know, you're, you're making an ask. I'm allowed to say no. We're trying to find that right boundary of, of balance is what I should say. We're trying to find the right balance. And then if I'm not giving you enough of what you need, then it, it you would be going to find it elsewhere. And that mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean another person. That could mean, like you're saying, self-care night or, or other things. Yeah. So 
yeah. or so night I, out with my girlfriends. Like it could, it could look like an infinite number of things, right? Yeah. Stephen, you totally yeah. stole like my whole next section. Like my my oh, next question was like, what do you do if your partner doesn't react well or doesn't want to show up for mm -hmm. that conversation or that conversation doesn't go well? And I feel like we kind of just talked through all of that. Like, what are my options? At the end of the day, like it's it's your you are responsible for your own care and happiness at the end of every mm -hmm. single day, right? Mm -hmm. And giving your partner the opportunity to show up for you and hold space with you and collaborate with you. Those are all good things. But at the end of the day, like you are, you are the center of your own universe and your biggest priority is always going to be yourself and taking care of yourself and your own happiness. So, so yeah, if that looks like a self-care bubble bath night, like let's do it. Mm -hmm. And that goes back to Navi Bliss. You know, one of her main things w was like, you know, I'm she's trying to teach people to be, um, I'm not sure what's the right wording that she used, but it was like, be really be able to take care of yourself, you mm -hmm. know, and like love yourself or however she said it. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, so I think that's where we're getting back to is like, yeah, what, what do you need? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Building so much confidence and happy happiness in yourself that you know, without a doubt that whether, whether your partner is able to show up for you, whether you're able to work it out with them or not, you're still going to be okay. You right. still have your own back. And that's why Brandy doesn't feel jealousy. That's right. <laughs> Is that it? We figured it out. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, that was that was pretty much everything that I had for the night. I've got a quick like summary recap that I wanted to run through. But does anyone have anything else that they wanted to to cover on the topic of jealousy? No, that was so good. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Yeah, jealousy's fun. Jealousy's fun. <laughs> it's an opportunity to. It's grow. enlightening. Yeah. <laughs> It's oh, a listen. painful opportunity to <laughs> grow. Yeah, so fun. Growing pain. Oh. I, I will say, like, sitting with jealousy has never, never been a fun experience. Sitting with any, any emotion besides, like, the fun, positive, joyous ones, like, it's, it's not fun. Uh, mm. But that doesn't mean that you need to rush away from it, right? Doesn't mean mm. you need to run away from it. Doesn't mean you need to shut, shove it down or, or like, deal with it as fast as you possibly can. Like, it's important to experience those things too. And, and it'll change. You're not going to mm -hmm. be in that moment for, for forever. You know? mm -hmm. Yep. Every emotion is temporary. Yeah. Um, okay. So quick, quick summary recap for, for our episode today. Uh, first of all, jealousy is not a bad thing or a good thing, right? It is an opportunity. Um, I say mm -hmm. opportunity with a capital O that's kind of like the <laughs> word that should have been the actual topic for tonight was opportunity. opportunity. Um, it's an opportunity to learn more about yourself and to further both your growth individually and your growth for, for your relationship with your partner, in my, in my humble opinion. Um, also, jealousy is typically a reflection of some kind of insecurity or fear. Your job is to identify what that insecurity is or why you're experiencing that fear and then figure out what to do about it. Mm -hmm. um, it is important to communicate with your partner, bring them along for your journey so they understand what you're going through. Just remember, it's not your partner's job to fix the situation um, or to avoid things that may trigger jealousy in you. Like that's not the point. Um, hopefully your partner is supportive of you working through those feelings because they support your overall wellness and happiness. But again, at the end of the day, the, the work is on you. Um, if jealousy is something you tend to struggle with, be sure to have a plan for how to deal with it when it pops up, like figure mm -hmm. out that plan ahead of time, like have, have a list. If you're a list person, like, like Brandy or myself, like have a strategy figured out for those mm -hmm. situations and share that plan with your partner so that you're both on the same page and know what it is. You know, whether that looks like, uh, 
doing things that'll take you out of the fight or flight state, walking, meditation, yoga, stretches, writing, physical exercise, things like that. Um, that may also look like taking some time to yourself to do that self-reflection or that introspective work. Um, and that should almost definitely look like some kind of communication with your partner um, to keep you both on the same page, both of you supporting each other, keep both of you on the same team rather than opposition in rather than in opposition to each other. Um, and at the end of the day, just make sure you're taking responsibility for your own needs and your own growth when feelings like that pop up. That is my handy dandy recap. Mm. Very good. I was. Um, I, let me say having a plan, that's probably, that is one of the best things you could do. Oh. So if you could talk, and so it reminds me like Kimberly and I have just talked, like if we're, if I'm playing with somebody, which, oh, by the way, listeners, Ava and I had our, our hot, sexy scene. And it was mm, awesome. we did. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I guess that's all we'll say about that, but it was a lot of fun. Are you blushing, so, Steven? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's let's say, for example, like, you know, Ava and I are are playing, you know, and then Kimberly's on the side and watching. And, you know, we have discussed this. Like, if anybody gets triggered, you know, if she, it's, I'm going to use the example here. Like, let's say she gets triggered. It's like, you know, what do you do? So we do have like a plan. Okay. Because I'm have, I have like a responsibility. I'm playing with Ava. So I've got a responsibility to be taking care of, of her. Um, Kimberly kind of knows, like, if she was to get triggered or something like that, that she's got to go do her own self-care thing for a little bit, you know, so that might just be going outside or going to talk to other people or whatever like that. And then, so say after our scene, you know, I'm still going to have aftercare with Ava and we're going to sit together and do some stuff like that. So it's still not time to, you know, for, for me to run over and really kind of see Kimberly or something like that, you know, so I have to trust that she's going to be okay. You know, she's going to do this stuff. And then like afterwards, you know, after the end of the night or whatever like that, that that would be the time then that we would maybe talk about stuff. So it's kind of, that helps me too, because we have that plan. Um, it, it lets me kind of be able to focus more, say on, on Ava, you know, and playing with the, the person I'm with there. And then, and I just know like Kimberly will be okay if anything pops up or whatever, because we have this plan and we will discuss it and work through things, you know, afterwards when it's a good time. So that, um, I think is, I think probably most couples have something along those lines of, of like, well, and also, isn't that reassuring to you to know that she does have a plan with how to deal with it independently until you have the time to deal with it together. Right. It yeah. doesn't that take some pressure off you as well. So yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I'll tell you, you know, with playing and she's seen me do a lot of, of dirty things. And mm. so sometimes it's like, I never know, like, is this going to bother her? Mm. Yeah. And especially if it's something new, like, you know, you just, you just, I don't know. That's it. But again, where it's like makes the relationship better is that I do have that trust with her that, that we have like developed that I can do stuff and have the freedom to do things, knowing that if something does go wrong, she and I can work it out. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that's a huge um, benefit to kind of yeah. know that. And of course, when you're in the beginning of a relationship, you don't have that established yet. You know, it's one mm -hmm. of the things you're kind of working on. So it is nice to have that with her. I'm so glad that you bring this up because from, from where I'm sitting, like my partner and I, we've been dating for, I think four years now. Mm -hmm. Um, in the first, I don't know, two and a half or three years, it was, it was like, we were like very, very close. I had very little desire to explore relationships with other people because, because he was filling so, so much of what I wanted in a relationship. So mm -hmm. only over really the last like year ish, have I like 
actively been like exploring uh, possible relationships with other people like romantic and sexual. And, and that has brought up a lot of conversation about jealousy. And so we're just in the last year going through a lot of conversations about like, okay, Ava went out on this date with this new person and is coming home. And how, how does, you know, how does he feel about that? And, Mm -hmm. and we've been trying to figure out like, how do we bring up those conversations? And what do we say in that moment? And when he experiences some kind of jealousy like that doesn't mean that I did something wrong but what can I do in that moment right like all of (laughs) everything that I brought up tonight is like in response to like a lot of those things that I'm kind of figuring out with this person along the way of Mm fine-tuning like what is that plan like what's working for us what have we tried so far what do we need to change for next time to set ourselves up for for success and to build that trust that it's that's going to be okay next time that I have you know a serious relationship with somebody else that's not going to be you know, threatening to our own relationship, we are still stable. Yeah, I think that's why some of us laugh when you have outside people being like, Oh, my God, you're poly, you're open, that must be like tons of sex and so much fun. And I'm like, y'all, it's a lot of work. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of work. It's not what you think it is, probably. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. And Stephen, I the only other thing I'll add is I, I did not know that that was the plan that you and Kim really have. And I'm really glad to to hear that because that's providing equity for your play partner, mm-hmm. right? In this scenario, mm-hmm. me of, you know, if Kimberly's really, really upset by something that that is going on in the middle of our scene, that that gives me the reassurance to know that I'm not going to get left hanging halfway through mm-hmm. in like a super emotionally like vulnerable state. Yeah. I did not know that. Thank you for for mentioning that. Like, I did not that I was worried about it, but just hearing that gives me a lot of reassurance and comfort. Well, yeah. And I think I might have started that conversation because of like, again, she's seen me do a lot of, a a lot of stuff, you know? And so it's like, you're, you know, Ava, I might be playing with you, but then I'm also aware that like, okay, Kimberly's in the background, you know? So am I going to do something that accidentally, uh, bothers her, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, and you'd never get to know until afterwards, you know? So, yeah. So at some point, I think we just, you know, early on kind of started to have those discussions and, and they're always ongoing discussions. That's the other things we should leave listeners with is like, you know, you, you, you have a discussion, you talk about it or whatever, and then you're going to later be like refining it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or if you're like Brandy, you say like, well, uh, the fourth time we get together every single time, we're going to like do a check-in and like, see like how are things and, do, and it has get it my on, list a, out. on a rigid <laughs> schedule. <laughs> I'm so much fun, y'all. So much fun. <laughs> I can't tell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Ava? To... No, that'll do it for me. I think I've talked enough for, for one session. <laughs> well, that was yeah, it was great. And a lot of very useful information. Yeah. And I think every we've talked about, uh, oh, I guess we've talked about it like individually or at other classes and things like that. But it's like, it's always a good topic to kind of cover and I'll always mm-hmm. like learn new things about it and, and hearing how other people deal with it, you know, yeah. that that's always beneficial. So next week we have a relationship coach, Claire Blossom, who's going to come on. And after doing this episode here on jealousy, which is like such a fun topic next week, we're going to talk about happiness. And so like explore, like what is happiness? And I will say that, um, I read a preface in this one book and it 
kind of blew me away before I even got into like the, the body of the book. And they were like, you know, happiness is, is a little bit more complex, I think, than what a lot of us kind of think of, because you could have a beach bum who sits on the beach all day and they, oh, you know, love their life, just, you know, what they're doing like that. But at the end of their life, then they're like, well, I didn't really do anything. I didn't like, you know, accomplish a whole lot. I just kind of hung out on the beach all day. And then the flip side is you could have somebody who's like Nelson Mandela, who spends all this time in jail for like, I think the vast majority of his, his life. And he finally gets out, you know, near the end and you'd be like, well, that was a long crappy amount of time, you know, but then he feels happiness at the end where like, yeah, well I accomplished something, you know, it's kind of the opposite of, mm-hmm. of a beach bum. And so my understanding is like, you, you can never have you're not going to just be happy all the time. And happiness is kind of linked with kind of the effort and the kind of the downside, the not so fun side. So there's kind of interesting link. So next week, you know, is relationship coach Claire Blossom. And we're going to really kind of cover happiness and, and dive into that topic. Cause I think that's an important one. We all mm-hmm. want to be happy, but it's more complex. Yeah. Um, um, and we have, as a reminder, anybody on the website, we have our eight point guide to flirting and seduction. I'm probably going to update it at some point and make it a nine point because Ooh. the jealousy one is important and I really think should be in, mm-hmm. involved in that. So I'm going to have to expand on it. So if you want your, uh, your, uh, bootleg eight point guide, go grab it now before it gets updated. So, <laughs> if you're a first time listener, uh, please, you know, remember to subscribe so you can get future episodes. Uh, we're on all the major podcasting platforms. So whatever one, your favorite one is go do that, but you can also check us out at ethicalseduction.com and you can listen to the shows there. We've got links, uh, and blog posts for all these that, that we're doing. Uh, we're also on Instagram and FetLife and Facebook ethical seduction that's where we are just look us up um, on any of those platforms and if you would like to email me if you have questions or topics you'd like us to discuss shoot me an email at steven at ethical seduction or just click the voicemail button that we have on the website and that will do a recording which we could even use on the air Um, so thank you everybody and look forward to talking again next week bye bye bye